Hello, everyone. We are doing a solo show tonight. We are kicking it old school, and I thought, it's NFL draft night. And what did I do before I was locked on Guardian Host? I was a draft guy. I have not done a virtual mock this year. We are going to do a first-round MLB mock right here on the show. Uh, you'll hear who the Guardians are going to take. You'll hear some names to know. Friday is our college-slash-draft day. We're going to go deep on prospects and potential players on today's Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Guardians. I am Jeff Ellis. Uh, feels weird to do this solo. <laughs> feels weird to, to use the old format. But uh, welcome to the show, and I thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today every day wherever you get podcasts. I also want to take a moment and say that we have your team covered every day. And today we have all of your teams covered who have a first-round pick. Uh, I do want to take another moment and say download the Game Time app, create your account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purse first purchase last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed uh justin couldn't be here and i almost did a crossover with uh paul who's a great guy over at locked on rockies if you want some more rockies content go check him out but you know when people get busy people get busy and you know i i know uh, justin's having a lot of fun tonight and part of me was was itching to do this last year i did a mock on the show in march that was one of the top five videos all year so i don't want to waste too much time i want to just dive into it uh, some people love the draft content, some people not as much, but let's have some fun. Let's learn about some players here, and the Pittsburgh Pirates have the first pick in this draft, and I'm pretty sure it'll be an LSU player. Uh, Dylan Cruz has pretty much set college baseball on fire and been the best college hitter just in terms of production that I think I've ever seen covering the draft. I, I think he's the likely pick there. Your sleeper could be his teammate, Paul Skeens, who transferred in from Navy and has been phenomenal. Uh, it's, to me... The top tier is Dylan Cruz. Tier two is Wyatt Langford and Paul Skeens. But I think it's Dylan Cruz. Uh, I should probably, you know, be writing down and crossing out names so I don't backtrack. That is always the danger of doing this live. Um, also, go check out my sometimes used blog, mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. It's got my preseason mock in there. And this pick has been consistent from, you know, every mock I've ever done. Washington Nationals are two. Uh, Washington is interesting because they typically take a sliding talent. Um, at two, there's not really a sliding talent. They also tend to like guys maybe didn't have the best junior year, and that's why they're sliding in the draft. I think when you're sitting here, though, at this pick, Paul Skeens makes too much sense. They have had success with drafting pitchers. They went with Elijah Green a year ago, um, who was the sliding guy technically at five, because some people thought he would be the top overall pick. But I think Skeens is too good. I think maybe Langford could sneak in there. Um, if you want the slider, the guy who is better in the offseason, it's Chase Dillander. Uh, but right now, old co-host, of course, he knows I'm doing a solo show. He's like, you can't do those by yourself. He's got to join in. Um, so, yeah, to get back at it, Skeens just makes too much sense. Detroit Tigers at three. Um, I, my favorite random draft fact with the Tigers is that, you know, in the 50-plus years of the draft now, they have drafted... The last player they drafted who was a shortstop in the first round was Scott Moore, who was never going to play short. I think they've drafted one, maybe two shortstops in the first round uh, in the history of the MLB draft. It's just 
crazy to me. Um, you know, Travis Fryman technically was a shortstop when they drafted him. He's the most successful uh, one they've had. And, uh, you know, people always, what about Alan Trammell, second rounder? So Jacob Gonzalez makes some sense here, but I don't think you pass on Wyatt Langford. I think Wyatt Langford is, there's a three guys who are head and shoulders to me above the rest of the class. Um, I know a lot of people think that they might go with, you know, a prep talent here. Um, you know, it, it's, they could, but I, I think Langford's too good. I'd kind of be surprised uh, if he slid a little good athletic tools, great production. I, I still think they're going to go with the college performer. Uh, there's just so much more data with the college guys right now. And that's why I think that, uh, you know, it, it's Langford with, you know, if you want a deep sleeper, uh, Arun Namala could be a guy to check out who, uh, Oh, he's not flying under the radar. He's a top 10 guy everywhere. It's not really a deep sleeper anymore. Twins are at five. Um, interesting position because the track record with the Twins has been a little more college heavy. Um, a lot of college bats. Uh, Chase Petty is pretty much your only exception, and they quickly flipped him. Uh, they didn't even keep him long. Uh, they are. They've done some Guardians things of taking sliding talent, taking uh, going for upside going for players who maybe, uh, you know, they've seen their stock tumble a little. Uh, if they want another high-contact guy, Jacob Wilson is sitting right there. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that's the way they would go. Uh, they have drafted prep talent, um, and people really like Walker Jenkins. And to some people, he's a top-five talent. So basically, to me, with this selection, kind of comes down to Dollander versus Jenkins. And I think they go chase Dollander. Maybe not the pick most expect here, but they, you know, they, they've gone for big stuff um, with some of their pitchers they've taken. They've gone for those sliding talents. And before the year began, he was a potential one-one candidate. He's now not even the best chase on his in his rotation. But I think he makes a lot of sense to a Twins team that uh, has seen the value in pitching and you know adding to pitching and having. Uh, some more options back there. So I think he's just, the the ceiling there is a little too tantalizing for me with him still being available. Which takes us to six, the Oakland Athletics. This is another one I have not moved off of all year. Enrique Bradfield. Um, I, if anything, I think his value is up from where it was in the preseason. He is solidly in a lot of places amongst the top 10 discussion. If I jump over and pull up a list, I'm sure most of them have him there. Uh, plus hitter, potential, you know, gold glover in center field. 80, 70, 80 grade speed. Um, he runs. And what do we talk about when Oakland did the Sean Murphy deal? It's they went for the highly athletic Estuary Ruiz, who was the number two piece in the Matt Olson deal, the highly athletic uh, Christian Pache. Uh, we can go backwards even further if you want to look at the first Sunny Gray deal. Who's one of the big pieces in that? The highly athletic Julio Mateo, who's having a great year with Baltimore after finally getting an opportunity somewhere. So they have a type. They they love those athletes. He's got good on base uh, on base skills. He fits a lot of boxes for them, and they're going to continue with that high athlete one. I I know most people don't have him going Bradfield, but I have had him there in every single mock I've done, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I think he stands out at this point in terms of what Oakland goes for. Um, they've been a little more college heavy as well. Um, I know there's Tyler Soderstrom recently, but. And, and Max Muncy, but, uh, you know, last year was uh, Daniel Susak. So we'll have to see. But uh, I think Bradfield has just always made so much sense to me there. Cincinnati Reds at seven. 
ceiling. Walker Jenkins is there. I think it's it might be uh, easy. It's you know him or Max Clark, and I think that Jenkins is past Clark in in a lot of places. But Clark might have more ceiling, a little more five tool potential. But Jenkins has the size advantage, and Reds like ceiling, so I'm I'm just gonna take that and go with it there, which takes you to Kansas City, who's sitting here at eight. And originally, I thought this was a bad place to be. I thought Kansas City kind of got hosed by sliding down in this draft. But players have emerged, and this is a really strong draft. And, you know, the the old boss, you know, who's look at the new boss, same as the old boss, right? Like, it's uh, their GM was the person who was there under, the, um, under Dayton Moore. So who do the Royals grab here? You know, do they go Max Clark? Maybe surprised that he's still on the board. Uh, do they look at someone like Noble Meyer? who might be the top prep player. Uh, you you look at last year, they went college. The year before that, they went heavy in prep. They've kind of been all over the place. It kind of makes them a pain in the in the backside in terms of how they, you know, they evaluate. Uh, I, I think at this point in time, I lean towards Max Clark because he is a near consensus top five. Uh, probably considered the top player on most boards. There's a lot of risk, and the, the Royals had a draft clash a few years ago um, when I used to work for, I think it was still when I was at Scout, I think it was before 24-7. When they, they went back-to-back Indiana prep arms and hasn't worked well, and the, the prep history from Indiana hasn't been great, but that doesn't really directly affect Clark. It's just more of a interesting tidbit or fact. Listen, you hop down, co-host. If you want to be part of the show, you got to get back in frame. Uh, the other interesting guy to consider here, honestly, for me, is Jacob Gonzalez or Jack Jacob Wilson. Jacob and Jacob. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, they could go with those routes. I don't know you know, if they're necessarily chomping to get that shortstop. So I think Clark, just due to ceiling, makes the most sense here. And what also makes sense is jumping to a sponsor break. And our first sponsor today... Or our good friends over at Game Time. Pull up the the bit there. Listen, I've used a lot of different services and apps through the years to uh, to get tickets. And right now, what I like about Game Time, and it's GameTime.co, just want to put that there, make sure you go to the right place, is they let you see where the ticket is. They This is when Justin and I discussed it, that when you can sit there and physically see what your ticket is you're going to make sure you don't get that oh this looks why this seat's available why well often it's because it's a bad location with game time you kind of can take the fuss the muss out of it it is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason uh get images of your seats before you buy buy tickets in a matter of seconds tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email Snag the ticket without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. If nothing else, it's worth it to try it once. Who doesn't want to save 20 bucks? Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the, and use the redemption code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And I do want to take a moment here and talk about our good friends too and say make sure to check out all of your guardians games on Sirius radio this weekend sundays is the most interesting with logan allen after his fantastic start at least to me it's the most interesting versus chris sale check that out on the Sirius app so i'm probably not going fast enough for this right we're, we're at the royals that's eight uh rockies at nine uh oh boy the rockies uh 
what would they do? I, you know, I'm even blanking trying to remember what they did a year ago. It's like I take the Rockies and they just kind of leave my head every year because it's it's typically bad. I actually didn't hate their draft. They went with a lot of college bats. Um, and if you're looking at right now, who are the college talents? You know, is it do you like Jacob Wilson or do you like or or Jacob Gonzalez? A lot of places those are the top two guys on the board. Um, Grand Canyon College, I believe, in Arizona, son of Jack Wilson. Jacob Gonzalez has performed well in the SEC, so I'm going to go with Gonzalez over Wilson here. Uh, that he, you know, he has been the performer at the higher level. Uh, might have a little bit more ceiling because I don't think Wilson has much power. There are people kind of all over the place when it comes to Wilson, so I'm going to go uh, there with Colorado. Clicking back to my mock as uh, as I'm moving through from March. Uh, at the Miami Marlins at 10, um, man, their first few years, they went high ceilings and now they chase floors. Last year it was Jacob Berry. Uh, when you go through and look at what they did, it was the safest of the safe. And we just had Gonzalez go off the board. So the safest of the safe last left is Jacob Wilson. Uh, maybe I'll proven, be proven wrong with this. But he's sitting there on the board. You know, they, there's a lot of interesting prep players. Uh, Arjun Namala, I think, is if he's not in that top tier of, of prep guys, it's just a hair off. Speaking of hair, thanks, thanks to my cat. I apologize for all the face rubbing recently in this episode. But, um, yeah, I think they'll go. They went so super safe a year ago that I'm going to have them locked into more safe players. And I think that's Wilson right now. Braden Taylor is someone to watch out for. I do want to take a moment and say, Going through here, one of the things I really boneheaded, if you go check out the mock, was you know, I had concerns with Braden Taylor didn't have great um, percentile data, uh, didn't hit the ball very hard, and he's come and proven that's not an issue at all. So I'm I'm not worried about that at all. And I just think that the value at a potential shortstop with Wilson over Taylor, who has a better offensive ceiling, but is kind of a corner guy, um, stands out. Then you have the Los Angeles angels, uh, you know, Zach, Zach Zetto already in the big leagues from a year ago. Um, before that was the all pitcher class. Uh, so, you know, what are they going to do here? The, they've gone prep or they've gone college, but I think, you know, to me, Arjun Namala is kind of the guy here. Like he is the top talent, um, left on this board. It's him or it's, I think Tommy Troy from Stanford is also there. And, you know, Brendan Taylor should be in the discussion, possibly Kyle Teal, and then the two prep arms, Noble Meyer and Thomas White. I'm going to go with Tommy Troy. Tommy Troy is obliterating baseballs. He might be the second best, second most productive hitter in college baseball this year. He played well in the Cape. He can play a few spots on the infield. He could be another fast-moving player. He could combine with uh, Zach Neto to be their, you know, keystone combo, right? Isn't that shortstop in second base for a decade? Uh, I think Tommy Choi is a little underrated in some places, and I think he is, to me, a top 10 talent. And if the Angels want to go with a college guy again, he is the guy that stands out for me right there uh, with this selection, number 11 in the draft. Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, sky-high ceilings. So that is Arjun Namala being still on the board. Yes, they have short stops in system. Doesn't matter. He is one of the youngest players in this draft class. He has fantastic, you know, run times, exit velocities. Uh, he has performed really, really well. And if someone wanted to tell me he was the number one prep player, I wouldn't wouldn't fight him on it. 
uh, for a team. Yes, Arizona is starting to come, that young talent, but they've gone for ceiling. Arjun Namala, Aiden Miller, uh, like I said, the two the two other uh, draft of uh, the two prep arms I talked about. There, there's guys to discuss. That's what's fun about this draft. It is so super deep that I'm already looking at guys like, wow, this guy's still available. He is still on the board, continuing to move. Chicago Cubs at 13. Um, they went college arm and college arm the last few years. And there's an interesting college arm still available, at least in my opinion. And that's Hurston Waldrip. And if they decide to go with another interesting college arm, Waldrip isn't the biggest righty. He has missed a ton of bats. He's been really productive. I think he's a guy who's totally worth the value of this pick. And if they're going to keep taking pitchers, then he is a, a player to look at. Cade Hort- Horton wasn't the biggest guy but it had some advanced secondary stuff as well. So I think uh, Waldrop here is the pick. So the Boston Red Sox at 14. Uh, I joked about my last mock that it should be Roman Martin because what do Nick York, Marcel Mayer, and Mick, uh, Mikey Romero all have in common besides approaches? They're all California kids. But if they like that type of player, uh, would they do it a fourth year in a row? Colton Emerson is sitting there as a guy who could make sense. Uh, that is a front office under fire, but a draft pick doesn't really help you. So what do you do? I look back to what happened when uh, when Bloom was in Tampa, and sometimes you go prep arm. And I think Noble Meyer is probably the top prep arm in this class. I think you know there is some talk that he could go in the top ten. I think he is a logical pick here for a team, and to see our first prep arm off the board, Chicago White Sox at fifteen. I there's in, they went prep last year. After going prep the year before that, the most conservative team for the better part of a decade has gone back-to-back prep. And the year before that, they took a prep pitcher in round two. So we have seen some shifting, and I'm, of course, going to have them take a prep player. It just comes down to Aiden Miller or Thomas White. Uh, Do they go pitcher? Do they go hitter from this current group? And, you know, I think it should be Aiden Miller here Um, just because he is another guy who's had some top 10 run. The maybe the spring wasn't the breakout party other people thought, but the you know the big power potential. Uh, like I said, he could go in the top ten, so I think he makes sense to a White Sox team who has typically gone for. I mean, Noah Schultz a year ago wasn't really name. I mean, he was name if you knew the draft. He wasn't necessarily the number one guy on the board, but I think Aiden Miller's too much to pass on. San Francisco Giants. They have been the conservative team these past few years. I think Rhett Lauder still being on the board is. He's not my top available college player, but I think he's probably the consensus available college player. And uh, the Wake Forest pitcher now, my concerns with Wake, I've stated he's probably going to leave Wake and go to a worse developmental system with the Giants. And that's not a knock on the Giants. That's just Wake is is better than a lot of pro teams right now. And I just have concerns that guys come out of there kind of maxed. Um, but the Giants, you know, they have gone for kind of the name guy on the board from the college ranks um, the last few years. And Kyle Harrison's been their biggest success, but they've kept going back to the college route. So Rhett Lauer uh, is one of those picks that stays the same. And then you get to Baltimore at 17. And that's kind of fascinating for a lot of reasons. Uh, because A, it's Baltimore at 17 after all those high picks. And then we saw them kind of lean college until... They took Jackson Holiday last year and paid him. You know, he wasn't a massive underslot guy. So if you're looking at the college ranks, um, you know, the the performers who are the guys who might have a little more data, I I keep coming back to Kyle Teal. Now, the reason Virginia 
has had some really bad luck. And I know other people will be like, they don't need a catcher. But here's the thing. Catchers are always valuable. And if you have a bonus catcher who can play well, look what the Blue Jays did. They turned him into a great outfielder. You're always going to find value in catchers. Uh, so for me, it really comes down to Kyle Teal or Braden Taylor here. I'm not quite ready to jump into the college pitcher grouping personally. Um, it does kind of fall off for me a bit after that first three. So when I'm looking at this, I really kind of think Kyle Teal is the guy who's on the rise. He's hit for power. He's been a good backup. Virginia's history is scary. Um, you know, we've talked about for years. It was, I think, just last year the brand guy or fell off being the fifth greatest pro player from the University of Virginia. But uh, Keel has power. Keel. Teal has power, and he is a solid defender, and he doesn't strike out. And there are things there that look like he should be a pretty solid starter. Let's do pick 18, and then we'll go to our next break. Milwaukee Brewers are on the board. College performers all the way for the Brewers. Uh, they, they uh, you know, that's where they've gone, and they've, it, hey, you know, uh, Cal Mitchell before he got hurt it was great for them. Freilich, Joey Weimer, they're good at it. They can spot talent and get them through. I think Braden Taylor is the college guy who's still on the board who makes the most sense. Uh, he's still there. I'm kind of surprised I didn't have him go a little bit higher. I mean, he's in play in the back of the top 10 and him being on the board. I think they jump. They're happy. They run it in. Uh, he does a lot of things well. He may not have star upside, but they don't really draft for, you know, Freilich was someone who did everything well. Uh, Tyler Black from Wake Forest, or not Wake Forest, from Wright State, wrong W school, did everything well. So I think Braden Taylor is a guy who makes sense. Uh, back-to-back picks that I kept in my preseason mock. Uh, we are going to take break number two here and then come back and discuss more MLB draft. I know we're not supposed to have favorites and I know Bilt Bar has been my favorite, but for, for the longest time, but it's now ultimate pro baseball GM. I've said it before. I paid for this game, every version of this game that exists. I paid for it a year ago and I started my third season right now. I'm currently first and second in the rankings. Uh, I'm going to see if this third season can get me. Uh, top three ranks. I started the season and decided to challenge myself to make it a little bit harder because I'm, I'm killing the other hosts. It's been a little too easy to win this competition. So I traded literally every player on my roster and signed every terrible free agent. I, I, wanted, I was going for the lowest possible uh, team, didn't keep anything, started with draft completely, scrapped everything because I, I got to make it easier for these other hosts. It's the only way they're going to have any hope of beating me. Uh, go check out what I find to be a very fun game. One that you'll sit down and say, I'm going to play for five minutes and an hour has passed. So Lockdown Guardians listeners, you get a 100% free bo- boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Lockdown in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And I also want to say again, remember to check out SiriusXM for the Guardians and Red Sox matchup this weekend. So getting back, trying to turn and burn in this. We got Tampa at 19. Uh, They're sitting there. Two prep guys stand out a little bit for me in terms of ceiling upside. Blake Mitchell, the catcher out of Sinton, Texas. He can do it all. Uh, He could be an absolute star. He could be a bust. Nothing is riskier, not even a pitcher as a college catcher. Um, Actually, I'm going to flip that. I'm going to flip that. I'm going to lie. Even though they're ceiling there, I think Colt Emerson... Uh, from John Glenn High School in Ohio is very much a Tampa type of guy. So the fact that he is still on the board, 
he could have gone in a few spots. He could have gone to the White Sox. But him still being on the board, I think he fits them even better. Blake Mitchell's got a little more risk, but I think Emerson, with the approach, the tool up the middle, I think you know, I think he makes a lot of sense right there in the draft to the Tampa Bay Rays. Toronto Blue Jays at 20. So, you know, it, they they love um, bloodlines. We've talked, spent a lot of time talking about bloodlines in the past with them. Uh, I was trying to very quickly remember who are the bloodline guys this late in the draft. Uh, who are the guys who can stand out in terms of, um, you know, that. Because we know we know that they, they like bloodlines. They have gone for a little more ceiling prep of late. And isn't Kevin McGonagall um, related to someone? Uh, I feel like he might be someone's something or other. Uh, I could be completely wrong in that, but he is the one I was thinking about. Oh, or um, what? Rock Chonsky is the other guy who I know uh, has bloodlines. Might be a little bit early for him. George Lombard Jr. would be an interesting guy um, as well. I'm just sitting here saying bloodlines. I know. I'll stop. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit tricky in that regard, just trying to figure out the player that makes the most sense, but Instead of just focusing on the bloodlines, let's talk about ceiling. And they've taken some big swings recently. We've seen them not as afraid, not necessarily afraid, but sometimes going for something uh, that is not, you know, just a bloodline pick. Sorry, I moved this around a little too quickly and lost my place. Uh, looking at my mock from a year ago. And at this point, you know, uh, I forgot to mention Tanner Witt amongst the bloodlines. Um, I think Thomas White, the left-handed pitcher is probably too good to pass on. So Phillips Academy committed to Vanderbilt. Um, one of those top two guys could have, I could go in the top 10. Like, so you're just looking at pure value at this point in time. St. Louis at 21. Um, so they have taken pitchers the last two rounds, both high performing college guys with plus command and control. I don't know if there's really that college arm here outside of one, uh, and that's Jerron Watts Brown. And I've talked about him many times as the Guardians. It's very much a Guardians type of pick. And what if I said the past few years, um, you know, uh, Michael McGreevy, McGeevy, McGreevy, very much a Guardians pick, goes to St. Louis. Jordan Walker, very much a Guardians pick, goes to St. Louis. So I've realized that St. Louis is very similar to Cleveland. And for all of my jokes that, like, just write it in pen, it'll be Jerron Watts Brown. If St. Louis decides to take him, they they pick first, so I think John Watts Brown is uh, is the guy there because again I've identified him so hard to Cleveland that uh, he'll end up going elsewhere. Seattle twenty two, uh, fascinating situation as Seattle has three picks in the top thirty. They can kind of own this year's draft, and after another team that was hyper conservative for years, they've just like blown it off, going ceiling, 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 ceiling. So. They're in a situation to take with all of those picks, some really interesting players. If there's anyone who's kind of viewed as a sliding talent, this could be a good spot for that player, especially if they're going to cost more. And I know they took Harry Ford, who is a catcher, who is a you know high toolsy ceiling type of catcher, and recently, but there's no guarantee he won't just end up in the outfield or another position. I think Blake Mitchell is the guy to go here. Uh, kind of that. I don't know if I want to say he's not the last of my tier two, but he's just an interesting uh, performer. And again, he runs well. He's got big exit velocities. He does everything offensively behind the plate. Um, I think 
maybe he's a blowout. No, he doesn't run well. It's just the power. It's the power that's the thing with him. Uh, I was going back to my write-up because originally I had him in the going, let's see, I had him going pretty high in my previous, to the Diamondbacks. Um, yeah, it's that he's, he has plus power, cannon arm, strong pop times. That was it, not the run. But yeah, I think they can afford to get a guy who at one point in time I viewed as potentially the 12th pick in the draft and they can afford to pay him. Uh, so I should stop right here, right? No one wants the Guardians pick. This isn't what people on Lockdown Guardians are sitting here waiting for, is it? I, I'm kidding. Uh, so people always ask, are they going to go high ceiling prep? I mean, at this point in the draft, I don't know if there is that high ceiling prep that makes a ton of sense. It's more the Kevin uh, McGonagall or, you know, I guess Dylan Head would probably be the high ceiling prep. But they're no. Um, they're not because here's what it comes down to. It is so much safer taking a college player. You have so much more data. It's just easier. You have a better chance of success. You have seen them more. You've scouted them more. There is a lot more performance data and a lot more reasons to think that a guy is going to be successful when you have just that extra years of, of information. And what do they love? They love Cape performers. They love up the middle and the, I believe the MVP of the Cape was Matt Shaw from Maryland. Uh, he has had some of the most ridiculous home runs this year in college baseball. Uh, he is, you know, under, sub six foot. Let's see, he'll be 22 in November, but absolutely destroyed on the Cape. Uh, good contact skills, doesn't strike out a lot, walks, but actually has some decent pop, more than you expect for a guy with his size. Uh, another, you know, I believe Chase DeLotter was the Cape MVP a year ago who had a little bit of an up and down spring. That's the same thing with Shaw. Shaw had a chance. I think um, my first mock, I think I had him the angels, uh, but him being on the board here, he makes too much sense for Cleveland. The Atlanta Braves, uh, they went with a lot of arms a year ago, prep arms, not always the number one guy on the board either. Uh, in terms of like, who's the best available talent you might be wondering, uh, I'm trying to, there's probably someone I missed, watch there be like a top five guy that is just not anywhere on my board. Uh, it's Bryce El- Eldridge, the two way guy who keeps throwing me off cause he's from Madison, Virginia. Charlie Soto is the, uh, super young right-handed pitcher that everyone's going to mock to Cleveland, even though they don't really do that as much anymore. Jack Hurley has been fantastic at Vatek. Brock Wilkin has hit some absolute rockets at wake and let's go with Brock Wilkin. I know they've been very pitcher-focused, very, very pitcher-focused. Um, even before taking the prep players a year ago, they had taken, what, back-to-back wake pitchers. So why not the wake hitter with the uh, big exit velocities? That park is a a hitter-friendly facility, to say the least. But Brock Wilkin was a guy who, after his freshman year, had a ton of hype. Not the best sophomore year. I feel like he's really helped reestablish himself this year. So then you move on to San Diego and Charlie Soto, the right-handed pitcher who's 17, who is got the toolbox but is far from developed. Six foot five, two ten, just makes too much sense. They go for ceiling. They went the you know the prep armor a year ago. Um, Blank and Dil- Dylan, I know someone's yelling at their screen, uh, but was the one of the best right-handed pitching prospects we've seen in the prep ranks in a while, and he got hurt. And then they went with um, the left-handed pitcher who I'm blanking on as well. Really showing my knowledge here. Uh, but they went for a lot of ceiling, and that's Soto. Soto's probably third, I think, on most boards, if not maybe fourth behind um, 
I'm blanking on uh, Eldridge, uh, the yeah, there he is, Bryce Eldridge, who is the two-way guy. But I think Soto has the ceiling to make a lot of sense at this point in time. New York Yankees, another team that's typically pretty conservative in the draft. Uh, we've kind of gone through some of the the known names, not no names, the known names. Uh, can Yohandi Morales recover enough late to get to this selection? He could be interesting, but they've also kind of gone for performers. Um, and sometimes they'll go at different levels. So I'm going to go with Nolan Chanel, Chan- the uh, first base outfielder from Florida Atlantic, who is just obliterated baseballs all year. And yes, he plays at a low level. It's a weird batting stance, but highly productive. They've kind of gone with guys like that in the past in New York. They haven't been afraid of, uh, you know, the, the Trey Sweeney's and some of the other guys from a little bit further down the line. So I'm going to drop him to New York at 26. 27, Phillies, Dave Dombrowski who is the, you know, the arm left, Cam Johnson, left-handed pitcher, IMG Academy, six foot five, two thirty. 30. He's looked really good this year. I think he is solidly the fourth prep arm. Houston Astros look for a college performer. I'm just going through who's there. Is it Hurley or is it Morales? Um, I'm going to go with Morales because the potential to rejuvenate his value. Like they have drafted guys where they try to help, like I said, kind of almost rejuvenate, give them more value. And after they perform well, sometimes leaving them at a level that's lower than where they should be, it increases their overall value and trade value. So Morales is starting to pick it up a little late. He has not hit for the power. I think a lot of us expected him to, but I will have him to the Astros as they tend to like those college performers and they like power. Uh, Seattle being back, they can go with Bryce Eldridge here, who I think would, by a lot of consensus, be the top ceiling prep player. Uh, probably a pitcher, more a first baseman, but you know he's got that uh, Spencer Jones size. So who knows? I thought for sure Spencer Jones would be a pitcher, but uh, Eldridge is an interesting player for Seattle with that pick. And then guess who's back? Seattle, uh, after taking two prep players at this point in the draft, uh, it's kind of like I, Jack Hurley is a really interesting college performer, someone who could maybe move quickly, be a probably a corner outfielder, but high-level production. I think he's kind of like just, uh, you know, and I already messed up. Colton Ledbetter is probably going to be off the board by this pick. Um, so I get for doing this kind of on the fly. So I should probably let – do I – no, we're not going to option out because I messed up. Um, Ledbetter, I think, is going to go a lot higher than people expected. I actually, what I'm going to do is have him go to Baltimore at 17. I know that messes everything up. Um, so give me one second to readjust. Colton Ledbetter, this is what I get for using my mock where I didn't have him before the season began. Okay, here's our quick readjustment. <laughs> Not going to redo the whole episode for this. Ledbetter, the outfielder who's been killing baseballs uh, as a transfer at Old Miss, 17. That then drops Kyle Teal to go 18 to... Uh, to the Brewers as for the, you know, all the reasons I previously stated the high contact rates. They love Tampa stays the same. Uh, Blue Jays will still take Thomas white. St. Louis still takes around Watts Brown with Brendan Taylor still on the board. Seattle jumps. So that's going to cause uh, Blake Mitchell to slide all the way down to the Padres. So I'm going to have him go to the San Diego Padres at that point in time uh, in the draft. And, so that opens up Seattle to take Charlie Soto with one of those two picks and then um, with the other selection. 
sorry, I feel like I'm going to cough. Got to pause again. I'm going to, instead of being Bryce Eldridge, I'm going to have them go with, uh, with Soto and then go with Jack Hurley. I'm going to stick that at that, those two spots. Uh, Tampa at 31 is then in the enviable position to, if they so choose, can jump in and get Eldridge there. And then we got the Mets at 32, uh, which is as steep as I'm going to go. Sorry. Uh, I guess I should go to 33 because I live in Milwaukee. But the Mets 32, they have kind of just waited to see who's on the board um, with this new front office, gone for some value and some name talent. Uh, a lot of people really like Kevin McGonagall. I have not had him go anywhere. I think he makes sense to the Mets. And then if you are the Brewers, it's going to be another college performer. So when I look through the list of college performers at this point in the draft, you know, it almost feels like they would go small school. And I don't know if there's a great choice amongst the small school guys. Um, you know, maybe uh, part of me is tempted to put um, Travis Honeyman here, who's kind of not had the best year, but had a potential to be a top 20 guy before the year began. Maui Ahuna has not had a great year either. He seemed before heading into the year like a very potential pick to them. Um, this is kind of the point where we see it thin out a bit. But uh, again, living in Milwaukee, if I'm going to give them a pick, I should I could have made it easier on myself if I just had one of these college guys slide a bit. Uh, but it has been more of a college hitter grouping for them. And when you're looking at the college hitters who could kind of line up with them, you know, it, I, Travis Honeyman is the guy for me. I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily why, but he just feels like a Brewers type of guy. I want to thank everyone for watching, rating, and reviewing, downloading. It helps. Again, I know this was not the most locked on Guardians focused one, but our off days have been more draft and prospects. So on NFL draft night, it seemed to make the most sense to do a MLB draft 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 mlb draft piece uh again i apologize for leaving out colton uh ledbetter he is a guy who's in my top 20 prospects and that did mix things up a bit but uh we went back in i fixed it up hopefully everyone understood it and the more important thing is to find out names you know and thank you all again for watching and listening and if you are watching this because you're a draft fan you may not know but i always end the episodes with go go guardians go